You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 110. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm a business consultant and coach who has helped hundreds of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and then on to six-figure years without burning out in the process. Today, I'm really, really excited to bring on the show the amazing Tyler McCall all the way from beautiful North Carolina. I first met Tyler about 18 months ago when we were in a mastermind together, and I just loved his down-to-earth vibe, but not to mention his awesome approach to Instagram. He's an absolute weapon, he knows his shit, and he's just such a great guy. So you can imagine, I'm pumped to have him on the show today, where we're going to be talking about what are the key benefits of businesses that they can really, I guess, what, what are the benefits that businesses can see when utilizing Instagram? We're also going to talk about what are some of the myths around using Instagram to grow your business. Tyler also has some really great Instagram habits that you can stop ASAP. And then Tyler is going to share with us his top three ways to grow your business with Instagram. But before we jump into this awesome episode, I would just like to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my four-day, three-night exclusive Women in Business Retreat, where we focus on women having the chance to connect, refocus, learn, and grow, both in life and in business. My exclusive event will be held on November 5th all the way through the 8th at the Gold Coast here in beautiful Queensland, Australia. It is an exclusive event with only 50 tickets being sold, and I can confirm that 60% of tickets are already booked out. My good friend Denise Duffield-Thomas will be my opening keynote. Cherie from Digital Picnic will also be there speaking with many other top speakers from around Australia. This event also gives you the opportunity to surround yourself with amazing people that will lift you up both at the conference and post-conference to daily masterminds to get individual help on your business from both your peers and the speakers to amazing food, being able to sleep in and eat a meal uninterrupted without any children. You're not going to want to miss out on this amazing exclusive Australian event. To secure your ticket, simply head to AngelaHenderson.com.au and click on retreat. Now, let's get into this juicy episode with the amazing and beautiful Tyler McCall. Welcome to the show, Tyler. Hi, thanks for having me. No, thank you so much. Now, how are things over in beautiful North Carolina? Oh my gosh, they're good. It's gorgeous. Uh, loving the weather. You know, any chance we have to like, you know, not always be inside all day is a welcome opportunity. So things are good here. How about for you? You know, things are cruising along. I mean, Australia, we're going into our winter, which is always interesting. It gets a little bit cooler, but again, when I say cooler, it's still like, I don't know, 70 degrees, do you know what I mean, Fahrenheit for you guys, right? <laughs> so it's not really that bad, but you know, I You're love roughing, North Carolina, it. roughing it. So yeah, but my family back home in Canada will always laugh because like right now at time of recording, I'm in slippers, pants, and a hoodie. And uh, they'll be like, and that's the hottest day our summers are in Canada. <laughs> like, what are you doing? But you just get climatized, right? Yes. So, no, but I love North Carolina. My husband and I actually, after I did my master's degree in Australia, we then flew into North Carolina where I did my clinical prac in social work and I lived in Beaufort, North North Carolina by Moorhead City. So I do love North Carolina. It's such a beautiful state. 
It really is. Oh my gosh. And you were on the other end, like you were on the other part of the boonies of North Carolina. <laughs> yes. And it was like, literally there was not a lot of people over where we were, which it yeah. was, you know, interesting. I don't like a lot of hustle and bustle, but I also don't like super sure. quiet. And my husband and I literally, we'd never been to North Carolina. So when we moved back there from Australia, we literally just said, well, where's their water? Okay. This looks cool. And then we're like, okay. So we didn't actually even know what we were getting ourselves into. We just arrived <laughs> there and then found a place like, a, you know, a little apartment and rock and roll there for a couple of years. So yes. How cool. I'd love that. So now listen, one of the things I like to do, Tyler, when I bring on guests to the show is I always like to ask a fun question because I think it just allows you and the audience for them to get to know you a little bit more. So my fun question to you is that I know you and your partner, Eric, has just recently moved back to North Carolina and you've done some home decorating because I've seen you on Instagram and let's just say it is next level fun. So I'd love for you to share what is your favorite part of the home that just lights you up? Oh, this is a good question. I was actually just telling Eric this morning that I love sitting at our kitchen island. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love like working there. I have breakfast there. I have lunch there. Um, it just makes me so happy when we, Eric and I are huge entertainers uh-huh. um, and we love hosting a dinner party or any kind of party or get together. And the kitchen island just might be place in the house. Like Everyone gathers around there. There's always food on it. There's always like fresh flowers in the center of the island. I love it. It's my my happy my happy spot. Your happy spot. No, because I know you were busy baking and cooking for Thanksgiving uh, in yes. the US, and I saw you do that. And then I know now I don't know what it was called. Is it called a wet bar? Because I also saw. I was like, well, that looks kind of fun. Yes, what we did like a we did a little upgrade in our dining area. We did like a dry bar slash That's buffet yep. buffet installation, which which is really fun too. Yeah, so we're just, you know always trying to like you know outfit the house so it's the ultimate entertaining. <laughs> so it can go next level entertaining. Yes. Now, now my audience is predominantly in Australia. Uh, I mean, I've got listeners from all over, but I'd love for you to just share with the audience a little bit about, uh, you know, who you are, where you've started in your business and where you're currently at in, in your business journey. Yeah, definitely. So um, I started my my first online business as a side hustle back in 2015. I was working full-time for the YMCA, which um, is a little bit different all over the world. Here in the U.S., the Y is typically a swim and gym. So the Y sells fitness memberships and swim lessons and afternoon programming for kids, things like that. I was working at the YMCA. That's what I did for my entire nonprofit career for over six years. Uh-huh. Um, but in 2015, I started a side hustle. I had a handmade product called Mr. McCall's Fine Fragrances, which was a room and linen spray that I made by hand at my kitchen table uh, with with bottles I ordered off of Amazon and essential oils I bought at a local store and labels that I printed on the copier at work. (laughs) Right. And I sold this product on Etsy and at stores and in person doing craft fairs and trunk shows. And that's when I really started learning about the power of Instagram and Instagram as a platform because I used it to market my handmade business. So at the end of 2015, I started actually running Instagram accounts for other people. And in 2016, I left my nonprofit job to open a digital marketing agency did that for uh, a couple of years, had a business partner my first year. And then the next year, 2017, was out on my own. And all of 2017, I was just really building my personal brand. I was running Instagram accounts. I was coaching. I was consulting. I was speaking, really starting to talk more and more about Instagram marketing. And at the end of 2017, launched a membership community called the Follower to Fan Society, which I still run today. It's an online training program and community all about Instagram marketing in particular. 
And then in 2020, I've been making a transition in my business, which is really exciting. So um, my team and I are actually right now, as you're listening to this, we're in the process of, uh, we've just launched something brand new called OBA or the Online Business Association, which is the first and only professional association for online business owners and digital entrepreneurs all over the world. And we're really passionate about creating a space where we can support entrepreneurs as they are uh, starting growing and scaling their own online businesses through five key areas of business and personal focus. So that's what I'm doing nowadays, still running my membership site, but we're starting to uh, introduce people to OBA and starting to grow that community as well. Well, that is super exciting and something that that is so needed, right? Because there really isn't a hub, you could say, for online businesses to be able to go and say, get, I don't know, accurate information or the most update information. So that sounds amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Like I was looking across the internet and realized that all of us online entrepreneurs are kind of just hanging out in our little corners. Like we're all sitting at our own table in the cafeteria almost like to go uh-huh. back to totally, school. Yes. And um, we need a place where we can all come together and we need a place where we can all belong. And the cool thing about something like what we're creating with OBA, the, the association is that it gives us something that's a little bit more um, concrete and a little bit more professional in terms of our industry. It kind of helps make our industry feel more legit because we actually have uh, an association that we can all belong to and be a part of and that can kind of work on uh, representing our industry as a whole. So we're really excited about introducing this. And Gosh, so that is <clears throat> so excited. I can't wait to watch this space because it will just be, like yeah. I said, it's so needed. So well done and congratulations. Thank you so much. So now the power of Instagram, there is something to be said about Instagram. It's a powerful platform. I think it doesn't get as much acknowledgement as it actually deserves, right? And what have you found during your time, do you know what I mean, back, you know, when you first had your Etsy, do you know what I mean, store going on, you know, rocking and rolling the fragments to now, what are you, what are the key benefits that you find businesses can get from utilizing the Instagram platform in an efficient and effective way? Yeah, I think something that Instagram provides that a lot of other platforms don't provide is this one-on-one personal connection that you can do as a brand or business presence. Um, You know, a platform like Facebook is great, uh, but so much of that personal connection can't really be done through like a Facebook business page. It can be done through a personal Facebook profile, but we all know Facebook is a little weird about using our personal profiles for business. So uh, it's it's kind of difficult to have those personal connections. Twitter is a, is a great place for connecting with people individually, but you know the issue with Twitter is the content moves so quickly. Yes, Pinterest isn't even a social media platform; it's a search engine. So you know every platform kind of has its place. But what I, what I love about Instagram is that it allows us to create these personal connections really quickly and to do it at scale. And we can do that through our content in the feed, through Insta stories, through DMs. Um, and that's another component of Instagram I really love. It's actually four platforms within one. Yes. And that we have the Instagram feed, we have Instagram stories, we have IGTV, and we have Instagram Live. So the fact that we have live streaming and we also have a long-form video platform and a short-form video platform and a static feed-based platform all in one place is a really cool opportunity for businesses to create content. And you know, I think the other thing Instagram has going for it is that it has year over year, even until now, been the fastest growing social media platform, growing more quickly than Facebook at this point. So it's really a place where businesses and brands need to be showing up. Consumers are connecting with businesses and brands. A majority of Instagram users follow a business or brand. 
And we're even seeing the numbers tick up in terms of the percentage of Instagram users who are making purchasing decisions based on following or interacting with businesses or brands on the platform. So it's really a place that, you know, if brands aren't showing up there now, they need to be. And if they're not thinking about it strategically, which I know we're going to get into in today's episode, uh, they're probably just wasting a lot of time on Instagram trying to do things that work better on other platforms. So I'm excited to share some things that they need to be considering on Instagram to make it far more effective. And I'm glad that you mentioned the word strategy because I think it's important not to just, again, well, so often, again, as a business consultant and coach, what I see is people are like, yeah, but I'm on Instagram. I should be making millions or I should be killing it. And I'm like, Instagram is only part of your overall business strategy. It can't just be the end all and be all because I'm a big believer is if you put all your eggs into Instagram and your account gets closed down, because I'm sure you've seen friends' accounts get so closed down. I've seen people's, you know, everything just gets wiped and then they're left with nothing. So I believe that, again, Instagram is part of a business strategy, but it's not everything. Definitely. Similar to, and we'll talk about this in a little while, similar to hashtags, right? People think, but I'm using hashtags. Everything should be okay. And it's just like, no, it doesn't work like that. And so I'm really glad that you brought up the word strategy because again, so often I see people when they come to me, they'll also say, Edge, but you know, I'm posting on Instagram you know, five times a week and I'm doing stories and I'm doing lives, but there's no strategy. They're just ticking a box. So again, if you don't have a strategy, you're probably not going to see a lot of ROI. Yeah, this is huge and something I talk a lot with my students about inside of the Follower to Fan Society and just out and about on the internet is that, you know, I think all of all of the marketing we're doing, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever, we really need to be approaching it uh, from a place of the purpose we're putting into it and the goal we have behind that purpose, not just to check it off our list, like it's another thing on our to-do list. And I think a lot of times entrepreneurs really confuse productivity with profitability in their business. And they think, well, if I spend the time doing it, just the simple fact that I spent the time doing it will result in revenue and income and profit. But it's (laughs) just frankly not true because a lot of entrepreneurs, especially, you know, struggling entrepreneurs or even folks that are newer to business are, can be incredibly productive and they can get a lot done over the course of a day or a week or a month. But I, I think a lot of times it's a lot of the wrong things. And on Instagram, there's a lot of time being spent on the wrong things. For example, obsessing over having the perfect feed, you know, mm-hmm. having the best imagery, having professionally shot photos, right? creating the perfect graphics, making sure everything is in your brand colors. Something like that isn't really going to give you the ROI that you hope it will on Instagram. And I think a lot of times people are looking to the perfectly curated influencers as like, oh, well, that's what I need to be doing without realizing that there's a totally different way for them to approach Instagram. Mm -hmm. I think another thing that, uh, and this is really when we're talking about strategy on Instagram, is a lot of people aren't actually aware of how they're spending their time on the platform. And just like you said, I'll hear from people all the time in my program who say, but Tyler, I'm spending an hour a day or two hours a day on Instagram and I'm not getting the results. And then I ask them to track their time and report back what they're actually doing with that time. And a lot of people are confusing spending time on Instagram as a creator versus spending time on Instagram as a consumer. And there's a switch that we have to make there. You know, the normal everyday Instagram user, I like to call them like the normal civilians on Uh Instagram. Um, 
Think about how they're using it. And for folks who are listening, think about how someone like your sister or maybe a friend from college or your mom uses Instagram. They're probably logging on, they're scrolling, they're watching stories, they're laughing at the videos, they're they're giggling and sending the memes, like that kind of thing. And that's what they're doing. They're simply consuming. And a lot of business owners log on Instagram with that same mentality where they're just hanging out in their feed. They're hanging out just with the people they already follow. Mm -hmm. And they're on there. They're watching stories. They're spending an hour a day. And it's not moving their business forward. And they're wondering why not when nowadays, in 2020 in particular, to be successful on Instagram, the content creation part is only part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being a creator of content is great. But being a creator of relationships and connections is what makes all the difference. And, Mm And that's where we can talk about growth strategies and hashtag strategies and things like that. But there really is a different way to approach it and not just being a broadcaster and not just being a, here's a promo, here's a sale, come and get it, pushing content onto people. It's really about pulling them closer and building that relationship. No, and we will. I know we'll talk more about that later, but I'm all about the human to human connection. I think it is so important, especially in a time where there's such a disconnect in our world. You know, people don't want to be treated as a transaction or just a number. They really want to be treated as just, you know, a human being wanting to connect with you. So, so, so important. Before we jump into that, though, I do want to just rewind a little bit and talk about some of the myths that are that surrounding, you know, Instagram and growing your business. And, you know, I know you've got a lot of a lot to say around these myths. So I'd love to hear discuss, you know, a few of the ones that you've come across and, you know, breaks from these myth busters for those that are out there listening today. Yeah. One of the biggest myths that I'm always sharing with my community, actually, I just had a DM about this the other day. Someone direct messaged me about a product that we sell in our business. That's a, a PDF guide that walks people through planning and executing a seven day launch on Instagram. And She said, Tyler, I started following you a couple of years ago. I've been implementing everything I learned. I grew from like 400 followers to 6,000 followers in the past few years. And I want to buy this this PDF that you have and use it, but I don't know if I can. Do I need to wait until I have like 10,000 or 50,000 followers for it to be effective? Uh And that is one of the most common myths that people have, that you need more followers before you can start selling or you need Uh more followers to get sales. It's actually the opposite. Having fewer followers makes it easier to sell because you can actually have more individual conversations and more personal connections with your followers. And what I always tell folks is if you have a hundred or a thousand followers right now and you're struggling to get those people to buy what you're selling, having more followers does not solve that problem. Exactly. If anything, it simply magnifies the fact that you don't know how to sell to the followers you already have. So that's the first big myth that you need more followers to see more results on Instagram. And it's just like, you know, we talk about when you're selling maybe online programs or coaching or a membership or course or whatever it may be. If you only sell 10 seats the first time you launch something, but you wanted a hundred and you decide to get all pouty and pissy and not deliver to those 10 people, do you think you're going to sell a hundred seats in that program? <laughs> no, Hell not no. going to work, right? Yep. So you treat those 10 people or that one person or whatever, you treat them like they are pure gold. And one of the biggest mistakes people make is they think, oh, well, or one of the biggest myths that they they have about Instagram is thinking, well, to get more followers, I need to be so obsessed with getting more followers. And as soon as I get more followers, I'll start getting sales. Where actually, if you just focus on connecting with the followers you have right now, whether it's 10 people or 100 people or 1,000 people, if you've built relationships with those people, created incredible content for those people, had conversations for those people, you best believe that your following is going to grow. Now, 
it's probably not going to happen as fast as you want it to, or you think it should. That's another myth is that you can get 10,000 followers in 10 days. And <laughs> I'll tell you right now, anyone who's promising you that or teaching you that it's just bullshit because it's yeah. not going to work. Uh, you, I really don't think you can growth hack your way to success on social media, long-term sustainable success. I just don't think it's possible. So that's the second myth that you can, you know, you can growth hack your way there that you can gain yep. followers rapidly. Listen, does it happen? Of course it happens to post go viral and people get a ton of followers overnight. Sure. But does it happen, you know, every single day? No. no. Is it going to happen to you? Probably not. So why yep. would we build an entire strategy around trying to make that happen? And then, the last myth that um, I think is helpful for people to know or to consider now is that they need to, and I talked about this a little bit earlier, but that more perfect content will get them more results. Mm-hmm. That the more beautiful their posts are, the more on brand the posts that they create, they'll get more of an outcome. And look, I'm not saying that you know you can create ugly content and expect to get results on Instagram, but what I am saying is that posting higher quality content less often is going to get you a lot further than trying to post picture perfect content every single day of the week. Um, and and I we think, te- oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say what we teach a lot of our students is focus on having like maybe two or three really good posts every single week. And when I say good, I mean the quality of the content in terms of how you're educating your followers or inspiring them or making them laugh or showing them something unique or aspirational or motivational. Focus on maybe two good posts a week and don't worry about anything else. Just show up with those two good posts a week and then go from there. But trying to have, you know, people, I don't, people are still posting two and three times a day on Instagram. And I just don't, listen, as someone that does Instagram and teaches Instagram, I don't know how the hell people have that much time to create that much content. It's like, it's just a complete waste of time, I think. So higher quality content, less often will get you better results in the long run. And I know you mentioned there, which I think is super important, is about, you know, if you think you're just going to get 10,000 followers overnight and just be a millionaire, well, that's probably, like I said, maybe something will go viral for a few people, but it's not really likely if you look at the bell curve. And one of the, uh, one Something I remember when you, I don't even know what month it was, but it was something about Beyonce. You said, and it was something like Beyonce rehearsed for eight months for two hour performance. Think about the next time you want something in your business to work right or something like that, right? And it's similar to Instagram is that I think people just think that it's going to happen overnight because they're doing, they're posting an image or they're doing this. And that, that resonated with me when you said that, Mm -mm, I think it was, was it around Super Bowl? Maybe I can't even remember when you said that, but it was, yeah, yeah. It was uh, April of 2019. Yeah. So over a year ago. And it's just, yeah, so it's one of those things that I just think, again, it's, I'm not saying that there's a, I also think there's a lot about you must work harder in in your business. I I think people need to work smarter in their business, similar to they need to work smarter on their Instagram strategy. But I do think you do put a little bit of hard yards in when you're starting your business, right? Because if not, all of us would be millionaires, do you know what I mean? Within (laughs) weeks and days, right? So there's something to be said that again, even Beyonce, you know, she worked eight months with rehearsing and, do you know what I mean? Uh, Doing what she needed to do. And I think on Instagram, that's really important because I think another myth that people have is that there's some copy and paste secret success strategy, right? That, and, you know, we see a lot of this in Instagram products nowadays that are promising, you know, like copy and paste this or fill in the blank that, or just do this, then that, and then that is the result you'll get. It's just frankly not true because Instagram, like most social platforms, but I I think Instagram and TikTok in particular are platforms where the niche 
or the industry or the audience you're speaking to really determines the effectiveness of that content. So that's why I think it's really important for people to put in that work to, to do, to, to like actually have the effort of, you know, struggling for a little bit, trying to figure out what content works, having posts that flop, not having follower growth. That's important because you have to figure out what is going to work for your people. And look, learn from other people, take the courses, join the follower to fan society, you know, do all of those things. But at the end of the day, like you've got to show up and do the work for your people to figure out what's going to be the best strategy for your business. Yep. You're preaching. I get it. I get a brother. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you still (laughs) have to show up. You still have to take action. It's just like when people say, well, if I hire you as my coach, you know, clearly we can do whatever. I'm like, listen, your success and your failure has nothing to do with me right? Like it's on you to, to either take action or not. I will guide you. I will support you. I will do all of that. But again, if you, if you're not going to take action and if you've got a shitty mindset, it's going to be a, it's going to be hard. I'm not, I'm not the the, the magical unicorn that's going to come in and change (laughs) shit. Right. So it's, uh, so we've, so we talked about, about the benefits we've talked, you know, you've broken down some of these myths that people can just like put to the side. But I also want to chat about one of your posts that you had over on your Instagram feed. And the post I'm talking about was one called the four bad habits that people just need to stop kind of immediately, right? Yeah. Uh, and I would love for you to share some of those because I do just like to call a spade a spade. I just like to, you know, let's just call it how it is. And that post was really great. So can you share with us those four habits that you were talking about? Yeah, definitely. So the first habit is to stop hate following your competition. Mm-hmm. And when I shared this post, I think some folks were surprised that people did that, but I would imagine your listeners know what I'm talking about. So mm-hmm. that is the fact that you have someone out there that does what you do or something similar to what, to what you do. And you either follow them or you check, you may not follow them, but you check in on their content almost out of spite or frustration yeah. because you just want to see what they're doing. And then you want to be like mad about what they're doing and you want to talk shit about what they're doing. And then you also want to feel terrible about yourself because they're doing that and you're not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's like such a bad cycle. Yeah. So all of that comparison is so negative for us as entrepreneurs. And one of the best ways you can stop doing that is to stop following those people. Yeah. I even was at a phase in my business for a while where the hate following for me was so intense that I blocked those people on Instagram, not because I didn't want them to follow me, but because I wanted to be unable to see what they were creating. Uh-huh. So if you're at a place right now in your business where you can't stop checking in on your competition, block them and don't do it because you're scared of them. Do it because you're scared of yourself because you won't stop looking. So that's the first thing. The second habit to stop is to stop agonizing over hashtags. And This really comes down to the fact that a lot of people are using Instagram now in a way that Instagram worked three years ago. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, since the introduction of Instagram stories, Instagram has never been the same. And one of the biggest things that has changed on the platform is that three years ago, you could post a pretty picture with a bunch of hashtags, 30 well-curated researched hashtags, and you would get likes, comments, and follows. It happened day in and day out. And it was pretty freaking easy to make happen. Yep. But nowadays, because of stories, people are no longer spending their time mindlessly scrolling and engaging in hashtags. They're mindlessly scrolling and engaging on stories. Stories, yep. <laughs> Therefore, pretty pictures with the perfect hashtags do not help you grow your following anymore. Hashtags still have a purpose, but they have a purpose for outward growth. And this is something we teach to our clients all about going out and finding your ideal followers and engaging with them on their own turf as a way to attract them back to your profile. 
but agonizing over the perfect hashtags is just a total waste of time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Love and it. And then the next habit you have to stop doing is finding your worth in your likes. Mm-hmm. And this is a big one for everyone across the board, regardless of the size of your audience or how long you've been using Instagram for your business. There is this inherent belief that, well, as soon as I have more likes, I'll have more sales or more likes and be more worthy. Or what I hear a lot, I don't know if you ever hear this when you're working with your clients is, well, people won't hire me until I have a certain number of likes or a certain number of follows. Mm -hmm. People think all the time, well, they're going to hire this person over me because they have more followers than me or they have more likes than me. Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing to know is depending on where you are in the world, and since a lot of your listeners are Australian, people can't even see your freaking likes anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not even that big of a deal. The second thing is that the, um, the sophistication of your end consumer really determines their likelihood of liking your content. And a lot of people have a very sophisticated customer and your sophisticated customer is probably not the type of liker that you would be accustomed to on Instagram. Mm. Sophisticated consumers, what I typically see in terms of social is that they consume in secret. They are not likers and commenters. They are watchers and consumers. And then when they buy, they buy, Uh but they don't necessarily engage before purchasing. So looking uh, engagement as a, as a indicator of whether or not people are going to buy may not be the right metric for your business. And then the last thing is that we've seen the trend on Instagram, especially in the past 12 months, 12 to 18 months or so that saves and shares are much more important than likes and comments. Mm-hmm. The reason that saves are the thing that are getting people to say, wow, this content is of so much value that I want to come back to it later. And shares have become the new way to amplify your reach and to grow your following. So the better question, instead of how many likes am I getting, is am I creating content that is shareable? Yeah. Am I creating content that is either inspiring, that's motivational, that's educational, or that's going to piss people off so they're going to share it with other people? Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. And when you're doing that, that's what's going to grow your following. And then the last habit to stop in 2020 is feeling obligated to document every single fleeting and precious moment of your short time on this planet on Instagram. And oh my, yes. This is where business owners and entrepreneurs are looking at what other people are doing on Instagram. They're looking at what influencers or celebrities are doing on Instagram and thinking they need to be doing that. But I'll tell you right now, I went from someone that was. And I, as an Instagram marketing strategist, I've gone from someone that was completely obsessed with my likes and follows to the point where I was willing to do whatever it took to get more of those to a person that documented every single moment of my life on Instagram to a person that now posts maybe four times a month, checks my Instagram account a couple times a week and has someone on my team running it a majority of the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. And I feel a hell of a lot better now than I did a couple years ago when I was trying to document every moment of my life on this app. Yep. It's not healthy. It's not, uh, it's not good for you and your family. It creates discord in your relationships with other people. And it's just not necessary. You don't need to do it. So get yourself some balance, get off your freaking phone and, you know, go outside, go do something fun. (laughs) Totally. Another thing that I've just done recently is I went through, cause I was just, I felt like it was just like the scroll, right? Like I'd go in there to do what I needed to do, but then it's like, again, you just get sucked into the cortex and like all the social media platforms. And so I was like, hold on a minute, what is this? And, and I was, 
I was just scrolling. I was actually not interacting. It was just a scroll. I thought, hold on, why is it? I was like, well, I'm following these people that actually don't light me up anymore. They don't bring me any joy. And I actually unfollowed 1,500 people. And from that, I think I'm only following now like 300 people roughly, give or take. Yeah. And the thing is, is that I've noticed is that because I now am engaging with the people that I want to actually engage with, and then they're engaging back with me because I actually like what they're doing. And do you know what I mean? Or, or if they're my clients, so that was another thing is, is my clients were on Instagram and I love to be able to support them on different platforms to you know I me and encourage them, et cetera. But I couldn't even find them in my feed because there was all, it was consumed with people do you know what I mean? that I didn't even really give two shits about. So I unfollowed 1500 people. I actually got banned from freaking Instagram. Do you know what I mean? For like seven days in jail because I think they thought I was a bot, which do you yes. know what I mean? Which was, I was like, I actually have manually gone and unfollowed these people myself. But anyway, so if you are going to unfollow, don't do it in large quantities because they'll think you're a bot. But um, it has been so refreshing, Tyler, because I'm actually, like I said, I'm engaging with those people I want. My, do you yeah. mean, like the data is showing that it's in my favor too, because it's obviously I'm rewarding what Instagram wants me to do and having those conversations and keeping that on their platform, right? So what are your thoughts about also equally kind of getting rid of some of that noise. I love that. And that's, that's something we, we talk about with our clients all the time. They're saying, do I have to follow someone back when they follow me? No. Uh, do I have to follow other people in my industry? No. You should only be following, just like you were saying, only people that excite you, that light you up, that you want to see them in your feed because that's going to make your time on Instagram so much more valuable for you as well. And I'm like you. I, I, my following is less than 300 people at this point, and I unfollow people every day too. It's probably going to be no one soon enough. But it's all about reducing the noise. I think the noise is the noise is huge for us as entrepreneurs because it's easy to get caught up in the noise and consume the noise. It's as equally easy to contribute to the noise. And really, I think what we all need to be doing is thinking about, you know, how much of this am I letting into my life? And then in turn, because, you know, what we absorb, what we watch, what we consume, we end up we end up infusing that into what we say and teach and do through our business. So we have to be considerate of that. And then how much am I contributing to the noise? And that's, exactly. that's huge. Like a lot of, a lot of people, they wonder why am I not getting more followers or why am I not growing or why am I not getting more sales? And it's because you're doing the same old boring shit that everyone else is doing. Exactly. exactly. You don't and, be there. It's going to be that, again, that disruptive marketing, I think is exactly. power too. having a stance for what you believe in. Right. And mm-hmm. I think when you talk about those content pillars or content buckets, it's okay to go against the grain because you're going to attract those that want to be in that and then repel the others, you know? And I think that comes with time. I don't think when you start out in uh, business, your confidence is there to be able to take that stand. But I think the more you're on it and the more you understand your own values and what they look like for your business and within yourself that, yeah, you're able to take a little bit more of a stance. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Now business growth, obviously for those that are out there, we've kind of laid some of the foundations for them, but I'd love for you to share what are the top three ways that you would be suggesting businesses use, you know, Instagram in 2020 to maximize their business growth if they did nothing else. Yeah. So the very first thing is to get crystal clear on who you want as a follower and then get okay with no one but that person following you on Instagram. Okay. 
So much like we talked about how, you know, you and I are making the conscious effort to only follow people that light us up and excite us. We're probably following people that really want us as their follower, right? Because yeah. they're creating the content we want to see. Yeah. So businesses need to get okay with only having that type of person follow them, which means your following may be smaller, but it's going to be higher quality. Right. And then once you're crystal clear on who that person is, and and I like to take what we teach our clients, we go beyond kind of the basic, you know, um, customer avatar that a lot of people are familiar with. We talk about things called psychographics and then something that we coined that we call social graphics. Mm -hmm. So psychographics, we're talking about what motivates people, what scares them, what keeps them up at night. Why are they interested in what we're doing? What are their hopes, their dreams, their goals? Because then we can create really personable content that speaks to those things. That's how we can create content that may be an ugly picture or like a, you know, you know, a screenshot photo of ourselves and then put a heartfelt caption behind it and get incredible engagement. Yeah. It's understanding those psychographics. And then social graphics is just understanding how your followers use social media. Mm-hmm. Because again, a lot of people don't understand the habits that their followers have. Like I was saying earlier, a more sophisticated consumer may be more of a lurker on social and less of an engager. And if you're not considering that, then you're going to spin your wheels and be pivoting all the time to create a strategy that you probably may have not even needed to change in the first place because mm-hmm. your people are already there. They were just watching instead of engaging. So yep. get crystal clear on who you want as a follower. And then the next step is to get really clear on the types of content you need to create for that person. And we teach our clients three to five types of content. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. Three to five types of posts. And that's all you need to post. And you recycle it and do it over and over again. If you feel like you're becoming repetitive in your content, then you're doing it right. Yeah. So focusing on those three to five types of content. And then the third thing is to focus on getting people into the DMs. And we teach our clients to pick uh, their what we call a hero metric or a live or die metric for Instagram. What is the one number that you will use to determine whether or not your strategy is effective? And for, for us in our business, that number is direct messages. Mm-hmm. Nothing else matters as much as a DM because we know as soon as we can get someone into our DM for the very first time, whether it's responding to an Insta story I do about Target or an Insta story I do about being home with my husband or an Instagram story where I'm talking about Instagram marketing. If I can get someone to respond to my DM one the first time, the likelihood that they will respond in the future is higher. And the likelihood that they will respond to a story where I have a direct call to action to purchase or inquire or download something is that much higher as well because I've completely removed the barrier for them to enter into a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. So focus on the DM. And the reason we focus on the DM and I teach this so much is because Instagram is not a traffic driving platform. It was never designed to drive traffic. It was never intended as a way to drive traffic for the longest time. You could only have one link on Instagram that was in the bio. Now you're still limited in ways you can link people off of Instagram. So instead of spending all this time and energy trying to get people to leave Instagram to go somewhere else, get them into your DMS and then use that as the gateway where you point them in the right direction. Yep. And again, I'm a firm believer that conversations equal connection, which equal conversions. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, the more conversations you can have, again, it's what 
people will remember that, right? So if they're sitting there and they've got three different people to choose from and you were the only one that, you know, responded back in a DM, you're more likely going to get the conversion because again, you didn't treat them like a number, you treated them like a person. Yeah, exactly. And I know one of the things, one of your quotes that I read is Instagram works best when you remember it's about the people. And this is exactly what we're talking about, right? Is you you have that ability uh, to be able to engage with them, have conversations with them, you know, and, and from there, good things happen. Yeah, exactly. And it's also a reminder. Um, I had a post a long, uh, not a long time ago, but it feels like forever ago. Yeah. <laughs> went semi-viral and that was this post that said you don't get to decide uh, whether your content is good or not. That's not up to you as a content creator. It's up to your followers. It's up to those people. And they're always, this is another thing people are always wondering, what should I be doing on Instagram? What should I be posting? Your followers are always giving you the clues. They're always showing you what you should be doing more of and less of. So the sooner you can pay attention to them, the sooner you can view this all as a really fun science experiment that really has no bearing on your worth as a human being. Like a hundred years from now, is anyone going to care about your freaking Instagram likes? No, like hell no. no. Yeah. Like a hundred years from now, we'll all be floating around in some kind of like simulated life experience. <laughs> so it won't even matter at that point. So the sooner you can focus on the people, connections, conversation, the better. And that's what's made all the difference for me in my business and my business growth and uh, doing affiliate promos. Like I've, I've done affiliate promotions for other products and gone up against, uh, businesses and brands, personal brands with followers that are triple quadruple quintuple the size of my audience who've been in the industry, you know, five times as long as I have and, you know, kick their butts in affiliate promos with my, you know, 30,000 followers versus their 300,000 person email list. Because, I was willing to have the personal one-on-one conversations that they were unwilling to have. And that's the stuff that makes all the difference. And I also think it's uh, sometimes people also like, well, I spoke with them. I got them in the DM, but it didn't convert. And what I think people also get is that quick fix, right? If you're selling a higher ticket item, for example, or whatever, you know, it, it might take multiple touch points, right? It, it doesn't necessarily mean that the convert, you just don't, do you know what I mean? Go to a bar, see someone, I mean, well, people can, but you typically would like, you would, you know, tap them on the shoulder, ask them out for a date. You might text message them, right? Like you just don't go and ask for sex right off the bat. Again, I know some people will. Okay. So, but what I'm saying is, is it takes time, right? It's like, yeah. you've got to nurture it. And I'm a really big believer is just because it's a no now doesn't mean it's a no forever right? So continue to have those conversations, continue to treat them like people. And again, you know, and the other thing I think people forget is maybe they will not ever buy from you. And that's okay. But because you treated them so kindly, I know for a fact, like I get tagged all the time when people are looking for business coaches over on Instagram or over on Facebook, etc. And I'm like, who are these people? Like, I know for a fact, I've never done one to one consulting with you. and You haven't been in my program. But the thing is, is because I've treated them kindly, because I've responded to them, because whatever that is, they still do you know what I mean are happy to talk positively about me because I've treated them kindly. Yeah, definitely. It's so true. So it's, it's so true. It's, do you know what I mean? I just think, yeah, just treat, just be kind and treat people like people. You'll be good. So listen, thank you so much, Tyler, for an amazing episode. But I will, I like, there's so many exciting things happening. You've, you know, at time of recording, you're still getting ready to almost launch your podcast. You've got the OBA, do you know what I mean? Rock and roll and so many exciting things. So for those listeners that would like to connect with you and start to, you know, get in your ecosystem and get to know you a little bit more, what is the best way for them to learn, you know, and connect? 
Yeah. So you'll be surprised to hear Instagram is where I hang out the most. <laughs> so come and find me at Tyler J. McCall. And I'd love to hear from you if you listen to today's episode. One of the best things you can do, not just for me, but for Angela as well, is post a screenshot of you listening or a selfie of you while you're tuning in and tag both of us on Instagram because I'm sure you'd love to show them some love as much as I would. So yes, absolutely. definitely do that. Um, and yeah, you can check out my show, The Online Business Show. We have new episodes out every single Monday all about how to start, grow, and scale online businesses. So you're already listening to a podcast. Just go over and search for The Online Business Show with Tyler J. McCall, and you can subscribe and tune in there. And if you're really interested in learning more about Instagram in particular and how to leverage it for your business and how to get started if you've not started or how to transition to a more effective strategy, I have a free um, online masterclass training. It's a little over an hour long where I walk you through my complete Instagram marketing strategy that we just touched on a little bit today. So if you go over to tylerjmccall.com slash free, you can check out that class. It's automated. It's pre-recorded. Y'all know how it works. It's a webinar. It's a funnel. I'm not going to keep any secrets from you, um, but you can go check that out and tune in It's and for that class. I'm going to walk you through the whole uh, system that we teach our clients and then tell you more about the Follower to Fan Society as a part of that class as well. Dude, absolutely love it. And so I do have one final question. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started? Oh, That's a good question. I wish that I knew that I didn't know it all in Uh the very beginning. Uh I think I wasted a lot of time in my business. I actually just recorded a podcast episode about this before you and I got on this interview. Um, I wasted a lot of time thinking I had to do it all myself and I had to know how to do it all myself. Uh And if I would have just admitted that I didn't know what I was doing a lot sooner, I think I would have gotten more results more quickly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Again, it's one of my things when I talk about the four mistakes that businesses make, do you know what I mean? And are more likely to fail in that kind of first year is that again, they do it alone, right? Is that yeah. they just keep trying to, you know, Google search this to YouTube, this to <laughs> stitch this together to do that. And don't get me wrong. Like we all start, like, I think I know as before we started recording, we, we were talking about our podcast mics and, you know, you had talked uh, about, you've been borrowed $1,200 off your parents to get a mic, a course. And what was the other thing? A webcam, a webcam, and a webcam, right? <laughs> and it was one of those things like, again, we all start somewhere when we're bootstrapping. I get that. But the sooner you can just start doing you know you know, reaching it to those people who have already done it, you will grow so much quicker. And I also believe that transformation happens in the transaction. Once you kind of commit in yourself and that transaction takes place, even if it's a $20 commitment and a $50 commitment, I mean, you and I, that's how we met last year was in a mastermind together. You know, the transformation happens, right? Your mindset shifts and good things happen. So yeah, you don't have to do it alone. That's right. And before we sign off, I would just like to remind you that my team and I will also be putting together the whole transcription for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And as I mentioned earlier, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to share it, especially over on Instagram stories. As Tyler said, you can tag me at Angela Henderson Consulting and Tyler at Tyler J. McCall. Uh, again, we would love a share. We always do. I mean, we're always up for a good story. Uh, and I'd also like to, to remind you that if you haven't already subscribed and or left a review, please make sure you do. But for the rest of you, thanks again for popping in today, Tyler, and have a great day no matter where the rest of you are in the world. And I look forward to having you join me again next week for another amazing episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks again, Tyler. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au